Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. This podcast is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together for the best live on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, we're good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? We're almost wearing the same color. Look at us. <laughs> and the same hat. Yeah, we are wearing the same hat. Wow. 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 We're the, wow. We're the same. I, need, I need to put my glasses on real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah, get those glasses on. Okay, Let's see those there specs. There we go. Wow. We're now, I cool. feel like I'm looking at two of myself. Uh, before we get started, we're going to start doing division previews uh, every Wednesday up until the start of the season, which is really not that far away. We're not that far away from training camp and media day and all that fun stuff. Uh, but I did want to, to uh, say congratulations to Royce Young on getting hired by the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's pretty crazy to think about when you just kind of think about his journey from starting a blog back whenever the Thunder got here all the way to being hired by the team. Uh, huge congrats to him. I've, you know, Royce and I have gotten to know each other through the years and we've worked together on obviously the OKC Dream Team and you know, it's been amazing getting to know him. He's a great person. You know, he deserves everything he's getting with uh, with the Thunder and that job. So huge congrats and a thank you to him because, you know, he's a big reason why the show has gotten to where it is because he gave us a shot to be on Daily Thunder back in the day and uh, was always supportive. And then, you know, eventually we got to work together. So um, thankful for him, thankful for, you know, his part in this show and, you know, just continued success to Royce Young and his family. So super excited for him. And now you have a mole in the organization. Can That's feed right. you information. Can't wait. I can't wait. So get ready for I'm, some crazy scoops. I'm calling every him every Wednesday. every day. Ask Give me a scoop. scoop, Royce. Give me a scoop. The sc- <laughs> oh man. So Let's talk about the Central Division, Al. What what we got yeah. first? I started with the Central Division because typically, historically, it is the most boring division. So I was like, let's get the Central <laughs> Division out of the way so I don't have to think about it anymore. But I will say, you look over these teams this year, and there's some, there's some interesting stuff going on in the Central Division. So maybe it won't be as boring as I thought. Yeah. Um, there, there's some there's some entertaining teams here. Well, I don't know if they're entertaining, but they did some things. Yeah. So let's yeah. start off though with with an easy one. The Milwaukee Bucks won yeah. the championship. They're over under for next year fifty four and a half. Look back in twenty twenty, they went forty six and twenty six, which is an eighty two game pace of fifty two wins. So if you want to pick the over, you you want them to win about three more games than they won last season. Last year, mm-hmm. they were the fifth ranked offense. The ninth-ranked defense, so top ten in both, they brought in George Hill, Grayson Allen, Semi Ojale, and Rodney Hood, and mm-hmm. then P.J. Tucker went to the Heat, and Bryn Forbes went to the Spurs. 
They they brought in some theoretical guys, Andrew. You know, I feel like Semi Ojale and Rodney Hood are two classic theoretical guys. <laughs> like you see those names, you're like, okay, okay, I can see that working. <laughs> right. <laughs> and even George yeah, Hill. Sure. I mean, I I thought I knew who George Hill was last year, especially on the Thunder, and then he went to the Sixers, and it was kind of like, is George Hill done? Like, what what is this? You you kind of feel better about him going back because he was on the Bucks previously. It should be a smoother yeah. fit than it was in Philly, but. It's a, it's an interesting exchange of players. Yeah, Grayson. I, I think Grayson Allen. I think they're is interesting. Grayson Allen helps. Grayson Allen will help. Getting Divincenzo back will help, and I think just there's a a confidence that comes in winning the title. That they come back. Like there's no worries, and you have Drew Holiday for a whole a whole another season with this team. I think I would bet the over. Like I would absolutely take the over. I don't, in fact lock it in, baby. Just go ahead and lock wow. the over in. I was going to say, team. since we're doing it for each division at a time, I was mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, request that you make one lock per division. Yeah. So you're I'll, locking the over. This is probably this might be my this might be my only lock or the one that I'm most confident in. Yeah, I just I just think Giannis is on top of the world right now. I think this team. You know, adding scoring in Grayson Allen, and if Rodney Hood can give you anything, that's great. I'm not really counting on Shemmy Ojale to be much, but... That's if, a good way if, to say it. There, there are those guys where it's like, if they can give you anything, guys, and they usually yeah. give you nothing, but if they could give you literally anything, <laughs> it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when was the last time you heard from Rodney Hood? It's been a minute. I feel like back in Portland days before he got yeah. injured. Yeah. So hopefully he's he's healthy and can contribute. But if not, I mean this is their rotation is like their starting lineup, which was Holiday, DiVincenzo, Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. And then their three key guys off the bench will be Connaughton, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen. And then it's of the rest of the guys, you know, the the nine through 13th spot or whatever it's going to be. Can you get one of those guys to pop? Can can it be George Hill, Rodney Hood, Shemi Ojale? Like, who can it be? And if you can get one of those guys to pop, then, you know, you're in the money. Yeah, because if you could swap Bryn Forbes' minutes with the idea of George Hill, like, it's so much better because George Hill's a really good shooter as well. I mean, he's been shooting over 40% for multiple seasons. But he plays defense, unlike Bryn Forbes. I mean, that was the whole conversation in the playoffs. It's like, can you really mm-hmm. play Bryn Forbes right now? So I, I get it. And and the other argument you can make is that last year they were trying out so many things during the regular season. That was a narrative about the Bucks. You know, like this team, the record isn't as good as the previous year, but this is a better team because they are learning how to do other things because Coach Bud is branching out. So to ask them now that they're kind of like secure with themselves to only have to win three more games, it is pretty appealing. I'm not going to lock it in, though. I I am also going over, but I'm not locking it in. Okay. Who's the NBA smart guy on this team? NBA smart guy on this team? (laughs) Is it DiVincenzo Hmm. still? It might be. It might be overrating the impact of DiVincenzo coming back. Like, obviously, it's a big deal. But taking it a step further, like Devin Chenjo, he—I mean, he's the—he's the reason they're going to repeat. 
He's the reason they're going to repeat, Andrew. <laughs> I just remember whenever the trade didn't go through for Bogdanovich, they were like, you know what? It's okay. They've got DiVincenzo. It's like, they've got DiVincenzo. Really? That's right. Man, can you imagine if they had gotten Bogdanovich? I can. I can imagine it. It would be good. It would have been be cool. awesome. <laughs> been really Jeez. Good. I could see Grayson Allen being an NBA smart guy. Even though I, I, you know, Grayson Allen kind of has a bad rap from everything that happened to Duke, but yeah, he he's become I mean, he's, a a functional NBA player in a way that I didn't necessarily think he would. Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of a guy, though. He he's he's, he's, he's a guy, though. That's the point. He's a guy. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. I think he'll play a lot, and I think he'll help them. Yeah, maybe I he mean, is don't a smart you feel guy. Like, then don't you feel like Semi is like? He hasn't reached guy status yet. He's still like theoretical. No, status. no, he's he's psycho fan status, where it's yeah. like only the psycho fans believe in Shemi at this point. And he's one of those guys that like just looks like he should be good because he's yes. just like built. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a monster, but okay, it has so not we're translated. Both, we're both over on the Bucks. Over on the over. Bucks. Yes. Hey, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, let us know in the comments if you disagree at any point. Maybe you take the under and tell us why, and maybe I'll bring it up if I remember to look back at the comments. Okay, number <laughs> two, Indiana Pacers. They're over Ooh, under okay. this year, forty two and a half. Last mm-hmm. year they were thirty four and thirty eight, an eighty two game pace of thirty nine wins. So again, you just need them to win three more games than they won last season. They were the 14th-ranked offense, 14th-ranked defense, the definition of mediocrity, and of course it is. You know, it's the Pacers, Andrew. It's your favorite team. Incoming, Chris Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, Torrey Craig, outgoing, Doug McDermott, and TJ Warren, although he didn't even play last year. But, you know, the the report came out, indefinite return, His, his foot is not healing as expected, one big change they did have, though, is that they fired first-year coach Nate Bjorkren, and they brought in Rick Carlisle. <laughs> Rick Carlisle. What an outrageous wow. upgrade. <laughs> it is. Like, how could they not win three more games with Rick Carlisle? They've got to get I mean, it's, it's basically yeah. the same team, unless they have plans to trade one of their big guys at some point. But they're still yeah. going into the season with Brogdon, Karis LeVert, Sabonis, Miles Turner, Goga, you know? TJ, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I think they're going to be a solid team. I mean, I don't think they're going to do anything crazy, but I think they'll be solid. I think Duarte will help them. I think Torrey Craig will help them. You know, they're – and, you know, the injury stuff last uh, last season hurt them, and then obviously the coaching debacle – that was all of last year was not great. So, yeah, I think – I don't know that I'd lock it in, but I would definitely give them an over as well. Just – I just think that, that this will work. I think Sabonis wins games. I think Malcolm Brogdon wins games. And, you know, I think that they're going to be a middle-of-the-road Eastern Conference playoff team. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the sixth seed. I'm looking up – so last year – their over under was oh their over under was thirty nine and a half. Oh, but they only won wow. thirty four games. Oh, never mind. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was yeah, last year in was my head for them. Really brutal. In my head, I kind of think of the Pacers as a team that always exceeds expectations, just because they are from the outside so uninteresting. Kind of, 
And so mm-hmm. people don't think of them like like when people want to rank their their eight playoff teams for the East, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's way more fun to say like the Bulls are going to make it or the Hornets are going to make it than slotting in the Pacers as like the seventh or eighth seed. Even mm-hmm. though it's it seems way more likely that the Pacers will be like a solid playoff team than any of these other kind of lower Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree. I, I think they're going to be good, especially with the coaching change. I think that changes lots of things for them. So, yeah, I mean, they they were in the play-in last year. I think they, they could end up doing better than that. You know, the, the Knicks were 41 and 31 last year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in that kind of range, you know, 10 games above 500. Like, that wouldn't shock me. I just think that they've got – a solid rotation and they have good, you know, great coaching now. So, and yeah, if you just, I mean, they, they were only five games below their, their um, projected win loss with maybe one of the worst coaches in the league last year. So I think the worst coaches helps. and if, you know, they played 72 games last year, the number of guys on the team who missed at least 10 games, Sabonis, Brogdon, Miles Turner, Jeremy Lamb, Karis LeVert, obviously that was because of a trade. He only played half the season. But, you know, their entire core, essentially, other than TJ McConnell and Justin Holiday, like, yeah. missed significant time. Yeah. So I, I'm the going ol- over as well. Yeah. The only issue I see in their rotation is that they don't have, like, a like Torrey Craig is their only big wing defender. And Torrey Craig is not a thirty-minute-a-night guy, so can you rely on Justin Holiday to to carry that? Like I, I would say no. <laughs> I would say absolutely not. So like, what does Chris Duarte look like as a rookie wing defender? You know, is Karis LeVert going to be a better defender than he's been in the past? You know, what does that look like? Because I mean, when they play teams that have big scoring wings, who do they put on them? That's I mean to me that's one of the big question marks with them because at least T.J. Warren T.J. Warren's not a, a good defender but he's at least big, you know. Justin Holiday's not that big, so that would be that's one of my big question marks with them. Uh, NBA smart guy, I think it is Chris Duarte because it, Chris it Duarte much, coming into yeah. the draft, myself included, because I'm ageist when it comes to NBA prospects. <laughs> Did not like Chris Duarte solely because of the number after his name, his age. And everyone who's watched this guy for a long time, even the people like, I mean, Sam Vecini ended up having him really high. Like a lot of like really mm-hmm. smart NBA guys who take all that age stuff into account still ranked him super high, even though he's 24 yep. years old. And so there's been a big Duarte push. And this is probably a really good team for him um, to get some playing time and to really make an impact. Yeah, yeah. I think Brogdon is still largely a NBA smart guy. He is. He's just had so many uh, injury issues last couple seasons. It's hard for him to like get on track. Yeah, the smart thing to say would be if Brogdon stays healthy, they'll be fighting for home court advantage. Really, that'd be the smart thing to say. <laughs> smart guy, like Galaxy Brain guy. Man, I just think so so much of Brogdon. I would like uh, whenever we land on the Pacers, which fortunately we have not yet on Saturday Slam and Jam. I, yeah. I'd like to get Caitlin Cooper on and just just ask about like what's it like being a Pacers fan because she she like goes deep 
into the really, Pacers. Really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like incredibly smart. And it's all focused on this team that from the outside just seems like so bland. But there must be yeah, something the, fun there. Who's the most exciting player on the Pacers? <sighs> Who gets me excited? I mean, I guess it's yeah. Karis LeVert. But I but honestly, yeah. does he? No. Okay. I don't know. Isaiah Jackson. I could I could get excited about Isaiah Jackson. I was Jackson. gonna say Isaiah Jackson is probably the guy now that you feel excited about. Because mm-hmm. everybody else is just like they're just doing their solid. job, right? Just a bunch doing of their solid job. guys. Do your job, Indiana Pacers. Do it. Um, but maybe that'll change this year with Carlisle. Okay, moving on to a very fun one. The Chicago Bulls. Ooh. Over under of 42 and a half. Last year, 31 and 41. That's an 82 game pace of 35 wins. So if you want to bet the over, they have to win eight more games than they won last season. 21st ranked offense, 12th ranked defense last season. Obviously mm-hmm. brought in DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., Tony Bradley. Outgoing Daniel Tyson, Garrett Temple. Did you know? Billy Donovan's defensive ratings by year in the NBA, 11th, 10th, 9th, 4th, 7th, 12th. Last year was the worst his defense has ever been, and that was 12th. He's always had a top 12 defense in six years. Do you think that continues, Andrew, first question, this season? They're really putting it to the test, aren't they? Yeah, they are. A full season of... Vucevic, DeRozan. (laughs) Levine, and I mean, who knows? Like the Levine Levine, we saw at the Olympics was a pretty good defender. We haven't seen that Levine in the NBA yet. And maybe he's allowed to do that because DeRozan takes some of that offensive pressure off him. Because Lonzo Ball is a good defender. Alex Crusoe is a good defender. Derek Mm -hmm. Dodge Jr. can do some things. Tony Bradley is a good defender. So it's possible. Is he not? What if he's not? What else is he? <laughs> there has to be Dude, some reason I, he's sticking in the he's, NBA, Andrew. He's efficient. That is true. He's he efficient. efficient. That's probably the thing, and he's a decent rebounder. Uh, Stanley Johnson. You buying the Stanley Johnson hype? No, I actually did not know that he was on this team. He's on the team. Signed wow. him, I think, yesterday or the day before. Yeah, it's. Uh, did, you, did you like him going into that draft? Stanley Johnson, yeah. Um, you know that was like before the time where I was. Re- I mean, I was paying attention to the draft, but I was really Sounds just like, like reading out. stuff. So definitely a cop out. Um, I didn't really know what to think of him at the time. It was like that here. W- it was like the the battle between he and Justice Winslow, who's going to be better. You know, was the kind of like the thought like at the time, and it turns out the answer was no on both. Turns out everyone in that range was not good. <laughs> From Mario Hazonia at five, Willie Cauley-Stein, Moutier, Stanley Johnson, Frank Kaminsky, Justice Winslow, and then you get to Miles Turner. Yeah, and then Booker is like two picks later. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, man, yeah. I'd like to believe this team is going to be good. It is just the fit of DeRozan. Like I'd almost just rather have some kind of like 3 and D player at that spot where you just basically have Levine and Vucevic who are like the engines of your offense. You have 
connective tissue players and Patrick Williams, Alonzo Ball, and then that other player be that too. But the fact that like DeRozan's there, it's kind of it just kind of confuses me a little bit as to what they're going to be. And the fact that he doesn't play defense is another huge issue for the Bulls. They're just I mean now they with adding him, you put yourself in a position where you just have to outscore people. And like that's that's what you got to do. Yeah, cuz last year on the Spurs, I mean, he got a lot of time and actually the last two years, he got a lot of time at power forward, which yeah. they could kind of get away with because they had defensive centers. The, a front line of DeMar DeRozan and Vooch, as cool as that might be offensively, like that sounds like a recipe for disaster defensively. Yeah, how do you, yeah, what do you, what do you do? I mean, that's, that would be the biggest challenge for, for Billy is can that front line defend? Cause like, even like, even last season, like you had, guys like Daniel Tice and Sadoransky that were going to come in and defend, you know, and now like you're, you've upgraded. I think the Lonzo ball uh, upgrade is huge for them, but you know, Vucevic and DeRozan is, is kind of scary. Like they, they really are relying on Patrick Williams to take a leap. Like they need him to be a really good player already. Yeah. And in summer league, Obviously, there were the flashes, but the role he was playing in summer league was like nothing close to what he was going to be doing on the Bulls. I mean, they they were asking him to kind of play as an alpha offensively, right? Yeah, which he, that's not even really what they need him to do on this Bulls team. They need him to be like no. the best defender on this team. Yep. Hopefully, playing yeah. next to Vooch. Yeah. What are you feeling over under on this team? Well, I can't go over for all of them. It's impossible. You can't. You could, and but you'd just be wrong. The The reason that the Bulls under is appetizing is because they could still be an above 500 team and you still win because they could be yeah. 42 and 40, which would still be True. like a dramatic improvement, 35 to 42 mm-hmm. wins. The thing that scares me is I, that... I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Uh, keep talking. Keep talking. The thing that scares me about taking the under is Billy Donovan's past success with defense. Let's just say, let's just say they're like 15th in defense. They're like definition of mediocrity on the defensive side. But you have to assume their offense is going to be pretty good. So last year it was 21st. What if they had like the 10th ranked offense and the 15th ranked defense? That's probably not a 42-win team. That team is probably better than 42 wins. So that scares me a little bit. That said, I don't really like the Bulls, so I'm going to go Bulls under. I kind of feel that way, too. I kind of feel like we're heading towards a possible Zach Levine departure from the Bulls. He signed with Clutch, right? Wasn't that that the news of the summer? I don't know. I think that's right. Oh, no. Our whole podcast is falling apart. Oh, yeah, geez. I think that's right. Yeah. LeBron um, James welcomes Zach Levine to Clutch Sports August 31st. Yes, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it would not surprise me if he were to leave Chicago. Just because, I mean, what is the, what's the path to contention for them? I mean, they're very similar to the Knicks in that sense, where yeah, for that fan base, 
making the playoffs and having like a decent playoff showing would be huge. That would yeah. be that would be like a game changer for them because they've been watching such bad basketball for so long. Yeah. So I understand from the outside that's how we feel. It's like, where are you really going? Do you hear my? Oh my gosh! Do you hear my washing machine? No. Oh, okay, good. It is so annoying. <laughs> it 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 beeps. It screams at you for ten seconds when it's done, and then thirty seconds later, it does it again. <laughs> and I was trying to talk over it, just wrestling with my dishwasher. Uh, okay, I didn't hear it. They they have they've missed the playoffs in four years, five mm-hmm. of the last six years. So like I agree with you. I don't really feel like they're going anywhere really. Though yeah. I think you could make an argument like if you added someone to a core of Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, and Vooch, okay, maybe there's something there. Maybe that would be exciting. Yeah. But, uh, you know, how, how are you getting that guy at that point? Yeah, I just don't love the Vooch fit. I just wish they didn't do the Vooch trade. Yeah, you know, I kind of wish. A, he's, a good, he's a good player, but I just don't know. If, if Vooch is your second best player, where are you going? It's so interesting how they're they're very smart guys. Like Kevin Pelton is one who like love Nikola Vucevic and yeah. and talk about how like amazing his statistical profile is, which I'm mm-hmm. sure it is. But like, does anyone really feel like that strongly about Vooch as like a core like a like you said first or second best player on like a contending team? Does anyone really believe that? I don't know how you could. I really don't know how you could. Like, I feel like his maybe his ultimate destiny because like, he's already thirty. Yeah, you know, like his ultimate destiny could just be like ending up on a team like Brook Lopez did with the Bucks. You know, where he's like your third or fourth guy. Then it's like okay, like I could foresee a path then. But if he's one of your main guys, I'm just like I don't know. I don't know, especially at his age. I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm just not with it. I'm just not with it. Kind of surprising he's only made two All-Star games. Vooch. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, NBA smart guy? (laughs) Uh, It's got to be Lonzo. Yeah, I was going to say Lonzo. I, I am on the Lonzo smart guy train. Yeah, yeah, Lonzo is the guy you you hear, and you said it earlier. Connective, you you said connective tissue, but the idea of these connector players, I feel like Lonzo yeah. is the reason that that terminology has come into the NBA discussion. Very much could be, and the Thunder are almost exclusively collecting connective players. Like Ooh. everyone's connected, like connects. <laughs> Did you ever play with connects when you were younger? Uh, you know, I didn't when I was, I didn't really when I was younger, but my kids have some connects. They got any tinker fun. toys? Um, yes, yes, we do have some tinker toys. Cool. Um, cool. not as cool, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lonzo, he, he is like one of the more fascinating people to talk about and just to like look back at his career because Everyone got it wrong from the beginning in terms of what type of player he was. Even though yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. there were smart draft guys back then saying, this guy is not a point guard. Like If you're expecting mm-hmm. him to come in and just run your team, that's not really what he did at UCLA. That's not what he's really going to do in the NBA. 
Mm-hmm. And if people had just accepted that at the time, I don't think he would have gone second because it's like, well, how do you? How does that player? And at that time, he couldn't even shoot. How does that player become a superstar if he's not yeah. your lead guard? He's turned into what I think is like a very good player, and we're still mm-hmm. trying to find like the perfect system for him. I actually think this year's Pelicans team with more shooters like Deontay Graham and Trey Murphy would have been a really good fit. But that's why it's so confusing. It's so confusing. Like, why is he already on his third team? Because no one knows what to do with him. Because what is he? That people people can't figure it out. That's why I'm. I I think he's going to help them. But it, it's also just a little curious to me that the Pelicans look took a look at him and said, "You know what? We'd rather not." You know, uh, it's like weird. That's, that's that is strange to me. I'm Especially after Zion said that he wanted to keep Lonzo, at least right. in public, he said that. Right. It is, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. He's definitely the NBA smart guy, and everybody seems to really like him. Like, everybody seems to like him. I, I was, like, rarely, I rarely talked to anybody this summer, and I talked to lots of people from all over the country that cover the NBA about Lonzo, and they're like, why don't the Pelicans just keep him? So it's just weird to me that there was it was just like known that he wasn't going to be there. Yeah. By the way, if I it's, accidentally it's called Devonte Graham Deontay Graham, I apologize, Devonte Graham. Uh, in the comments, Andrew, mm-hmm. Hoopstock sixty nine says Bulls have Lonzo and Caruso. That's solid defense. Which, when you were gone, when you abandoned me, I was bringing up the point mm-hmm. that like if you believe in this Billy Donovan defense thing, which he has done mm-hmm. consistently now for six years. And let's just say they're even like at 14th or 15th. Even you, even me, who's a little low on the Bulls, do expect their offense to get better with with the pieces they brought in. Wouldn't you say? You'd it be should. shocked if they it were should. the 21st ranked defense. So, like, if they were the – let's just say what they did what the Pacers did last year, like right around middle, mm-hmm. like 14th and 14th. Actually, I was just about to say that would be a better than 42 in team, but of course the Pacers only won 34 games last year by being middle of the road. So, okay, maybe I'm more comfortable with the under now. Yeah, I, I feel pretty comfortable with the under with them as well. So far, no disagreements. Uh, okay, we'll go on to our next team right after this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. Alex, are we talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers? We're talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers. Over under 26 and a half wins. Last year, they were 22 and 50. That's an 82-game pace of 25 wins. So you only need them to win two more games than they won last season. Last year, their offense was 28th in the league. Their defense was 25th in the league. They have brought in Ricky Rubio, Evan Mobley, Larry Markinen, Taco Fall. They have lost Larry Nance Jr. and Tarine Prince. They 
are perhaps the most confusing team in the NBA <laughs> for me. <laughs> I have they really no are, idea man. how this could go. My my gut feeling is to take the under, which yeah. would be bad for the Cavs. Like they bad. should be better be than a twenty six and a half win team. They should win twenty seven games. But I just look at their start. I mean, start with the offense. They're going to be mm-hmm. playing. You know, as much as people hated the Lowry marketing, it does clean up their offense a little bit because you know, thinking about Evan Mobley and Jared Allen offensively with Isaac Okoro. So there's three non-shooters unless Mobley develops that shot pretty dramatically in his first season. They were yeah. already yeah. a terrible offense. They were 28th ranked offense. Only having two shooters in your starting lineup that scared me. And then defensively, obviously you still have the concerns with Sexland like in the backcourt. They also lose one of their best defenders in Larry Nance Jr. On the other hand, mm-hmm. you you feel kind of good about Okoro, Mobley, and Jared Allen, like that same lineup. Yeah. So I don't maybe maybe I should go over because I'm not as down on the marketing thing as everyone else seems to be. The I I'm not gonna say I like it, but I the fit makes sense to me because you can play him with both Mobley or Jared Allen. You can play with both of those okay. guys as a power forward. Mm-hmm. And then you can mm-hmm. play Mobley with Jared Allen, apparently, because that's what they wanted to do when they drafted him. So all yeah. those guys are interchangeable then. So you have, you know, whatever, 96 minutes at the two forward spots. If you distributed that between those three guys, I mean, who else is deserving? You're, you're going to say Kevin Love. I'm going to say I have a feeling they're not going to play Kevin Love at all this season. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, Kevin wants all of his money. He wants to be bought out and he wants to all of his money. You know, that's... That's where he's at. And so, will he get it? I don't know. Is he going to play for this team? I don't know. I, If you're a Cavs fan, you kind of just hope he doesn't, right? And that you can just play those three, like you said. And, you know, Chetty Osman will take some minutes at the 3-4 as well for them. Who, who was terrible last year? Terrible. Like, truly awful. struggled. Yeah. I mean... I, he, was on my, he was on my fantasy team. That's why I'm getting so worked up about him. He shot <laughs> he shot 37.4% from the field. Wow. Shot just above 30% on three-pointers, taking five and a half per game. It, it was not a good season yeah. for Chetty. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, I am a believer in Darius Garland. So... I feel decently comfortable with the over just because I believe in his development. Mm-hmm. And having Jared Allen for the whole season at center will help them. I think Okoro I think Okoro is going to be good. Like I'm an Isaac Okoro believer. And offensively he's got a ways to go. He's good in transition, but in the half court what do you do with him? He has to just shoot the ball quicker like once he gets the ball he just has to shoot it and not hesitate and that's that's the biggest thing for him uh at summer league his shot was still just incredibly flat it didn't look very good uh, so i'm not counting on much shooting from him but defensively uh, he's good and ricky rubio is a positive player markinen i'm just not a big believer in him I just don't know the. I just don't think he helps you win basketball games. Um, and then Evan Mobley, who's a rookie, who 
has a ways to go, you know. But really, it's all it's all about Darius Garland and Jared Allen and Colin Sexton. Like, can those guys be good? And I think that those guys can be. So we're not asking them to be a good team. You're just asking them to not be a bottom of the barrel team, right? Yeah, and I I think I think that's possible with them. I would not lock it in. <laughs> at all <laughs> wouldn't even approach locking it in but i th- i think that i would take the over all right you're taking the over this is going to be our first disagreement i'm going to stick to the under and i'm going yep. to predict jb bickerstaff first coach fired Ooh, okay all right in fact let's see are there odds on that uh, nba odds i'll see i'll see who uh who is there? Well, can't find it. Never mind. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by the Cavaliers. I think I think they are one of the more interesting teams going into the season for everything that we've talked about going back months now. The fact that yep. you know Kobe Altman, this is his fifth year on the job. They have not they have done worse this time after LeBron leaving than they did the first time. Arguably with a lot mm-hmm. better young talent. I mean, back then they had yep. Kyrie, but like. Who else, you know, they drafted Dion Waiters, they drafted Tristan Thompson, like fine players at the time. But mm-hmm. I would say this young core is better than, well, is it better than that young core? It depends what you believe in Darius Garland. But I really like the idea of Sexton Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. Like that's a pretty good young Cora. core yeah. that should yeah. be better than this. Yeah. So if they don't get out to a decent start, if they're hovering down like – you know they're ten and fi- ten and fifteen, ten and eighteen, or something like that. I could see Bickerstaff getting fired. They yeah. wasted so much or time. Kobe, or Kobe Altman. Or Kobe yeah. Altman. Like just they wasted so much time in this talk. rebuild with like the John Beeline thing. Like what a waste Bro. of time. Bro, it's that wasn't bad. gonna work. Yeah, you don't. You can't make mistakes like that. Like that sets you back. Like making big organizational mistakes like that. It's like why you're stuck in the mud. <laughs> like that's why you are where you are. He didn't even last the whole year. Kobe Altman was the same guy who fired Teron Liu. Yeah. He needs Come to on, bro. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it was time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. 
Terms and conditions apply. Uh, final one. And this is going to be my lock, Andrew. Preview. Ooh. Detroit Pistons. Over yeah. under 24 and a half wins. Last year they went 20 and 52, 82 game pace. That's 23 wins, which means if you mm-hmm. want to take the over, they have to win two more games. Mm-hmm. Offense was 26th last year, defense was 19th. They are bringing in Cade Cunningham, Luca Garza, Kelly Olenek, Trey Lyles, Isaiah Livers. They've lost Wayne Ellington, Dennis Smith Jr., Mason Plumley, and Jaleel Okafor. I am going over, and I'm Ooh. locking it in, Andrew. Wow. All wow. they have to do is win wow. 25 games, and you win. Yeah. Like, you, you watch the way this team played last year. This was not an mm-hmm. Oklahoma City Thunder season where they had, yeah. were, like, legitimately good for a little while and then awful. They were just consistently competitive but losing that entire time. Mm-hmm. So you bring someone like Kate Cunningham, who we watched what mm-hmm. he did with that Oklahoma State Cowboys team last year that wasn't yeah. that good, honestly. He They're turned bad. that team around. Straight bad. Straight bad. You bring him onto this team, he's going to get the playing time. Honestly, the only thing that worries me is Killian Hayes. Because I think Killian Hayes is still the type of player who's going to bring you down. Not his fault. He's still very young. But like I look at some I look at the I look at the other player young guys on this team, like Sadiq Bey, he's gonna he could help you win. Cape Cunningham could help you win. They have they still have Jeremy Grant, obviously. They're bringing Kelly Olnick, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like there there can be a functional team here. Helpful player. Yeah, he's helpful. Yeah. Like yeah, literally, you can look the at the person and, and I'm worried about. It. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. I get that. And they have they they shipped out Sekou Nimboya. They said get out of here. They did. And uh, somebody, oh, it was uh, Jake Fisher was saying that uh-huh. if he gets bought out, is he with the Nets right now? Is that mm-hmm. correct? If he gets mm-hmm. bought out, that there will be several tanking teams that would that would be interested. Oh, interesting. Thunder, Thunder, what? bring in, bring in Deboya. Oh, He's, Isaiah Stewart, Deboya, not, not a Thunder guy. Deboya, not a Thunder guy. Not way. a Thunder guy. Why would you say that? He's long. He's big. He's old age Thunder. He's probably not skilled, he, is he? He's also old NBA Thunder. You know, sometimes I I call it like old age new age Thunder. It's really like old age NBA versus new age NBA to a degree, yeah. right? Because like now, like it's such a skill based game, but back when the Thunder were competing for titles, it was like athleticism was like such a huge thing, and obviously that's still a thing. But now it's like, can a majority of your players shoot pass and dribble? Like that's that's what you need, and that's what teams are wanting moving forward. And Segunoboya doesn't do any of those things. Um, so. So we should we should not be excited for that one. We should not hype ourselves up the way we did with ever literally every other young player that became available this past <laughs> summer. <laughs> oh, what if we traded for Colin Probably Sexton? Not. Oh, what if we got Larry Markin? You don't think Sekou's yeah. the next one on that train? I mean, maybe they bring him in and put him in the G League and see what he can do. You know, I, I mean, I would not be mad if they like renounced Josh Hall and signed Deboya as a two-way player, you know? Yeah. 
like something like that would make sense to me. And then you see what you can you can do. And if he's just a two way player, you can just cut him loose. You know, uh, in in the chat, really good. someone uh, fitness twenty eighteen. People talk about OKC tanking last year, but the Pistons one hundred percent tanked the last fifteen games last year, which is true. They I think they were. I'm looking at their schedule. They're about two and thirteen. And honestly, is because they finally started playing the way we thought they were going to play by just playing all their young guys. Yeah. Like they stopped yeah. playing. Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley like 35 minutes each a night. Ooh, Hoofstock 69. Wasn't Andrew a Seku guy during the draft? Andrew getting called out. Were you a Seku guy? Yeah, I liked him because he was young and had was kind of toolsy at the time, but like he's toolsy. been straight terrible straight terrible for Detroit. Um, I mean, he hasn't really shown much at all. So So if you yeah, look at I would have I would have taken a swing at him in the draft, yeah. If you look at Detroit's top eight, let's say, mm-hmm. you got Cade, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Hamadou Diallo, remember? Yeah. Corey Joseph, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek. I guess they kind of need a center. Who? Oh, I guess Isaiah Stewart can play some center. Yeah, Stewart and Olenek, and Jeremy Grant for that matter. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I look at that lineup, and I feel like there's a decent mix of veterans and young guys that you feel are more trustable in terms of winning. Yeah. yeah. That their, this their team, path to being their path to being worse though, Al is playing Killian Hayes 35 minutes a game. Yeah, and that's why I said that's my biggest worry. Because mm-hmm. man, I did not like the way he looked in summer league. No. He he always no, has and flashes. If summer league is any indication. He shows he has flashes, but if it's if summer league is any indication, Cade Cunningham's going to let Killian Hayes have the ball. Dude, if summer league is any indication, Cade Cunningham's going to average like ten points a game because he won't demand the ball from <laughs> Killian, who just dribbles. What does Killian do? He just dribbles so much. He's a dribbler. He's a dribbler. He's not even. I mean, yeah, like he has some very impressive passing. And he had yeah. some very impressive defensive moments both last season and he in did. the summer league. I mean, who who he was did. it on the? Th- I feel like he shut down like Trey Mann or something. He made life very hard for whoever yes. he yes. matched up with in that yeah. first game. Mm-hmm. That said, I do not believe in him. Yeah, I'm not a much of a believer either. But yeah, they've got some guys. So who's uh, NBA smart guy? NBA smart guy. I don't think it's Diallo. I don't think it's Diallo. I don't think it's Isaiah Stewart. I feel like NBA smart guys reluctantly became fans of Isaiah Stewart. Hmm. Mm. I don't think it's. I don't think it's Frank Jackson. I don't think it's Josh Jackson. No. Do they have Josh Jackson? Will probably play a lot for them. I mean, in the past, you could say Killian Hayes, but uh, you know, KOC. He's had some tweets saying he's out. He's out and about. I know. So yeah. that really leaves, I guess it's Luca Garza. <laughs> no, I think it's Sadiq. <laughs> I think it's probably Sadiq Bay. What about what about deep cut Saban Lee? Yeah, I mean, maybe you, maybe the smart thing would be like you know what Saban Lee has done enough to get minutes over Killian Hayes. Like wow. you have to be so smart to be able to say that. Wow, wow. All I know about Saban Lee is that you know when I watch people open uh, basketball card packs, you know, packs. Yeah. Every yeah. time they get Saban Lee, they're just disappointed because it's like 
you see the Pistons logo and you're like, okay, like maybe I'll get Sadiq, maybe I'll get Killian Hayes. Like that's not the worst thing in the world. And then you get Saban Lee and you're like, all right, well, that's no yeah. fun. There's a there's a few guys like that around the league that I only know from YouTubers being disappointed when they see them. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. Uh, okay, so, so uh, I'm going over on the lock. What are you doing with the Pistons? I'm going to go under on the Pistons. I think they are going to get another high draft pick and add to this core, and they're going to play their young guys a lot. And I think Killian Hayes is going to drive them to the second pick in the draft. Oh, my, Why are you being so negative so this morning? Am I being negative? Yeah, you sound like you're like you're doing a jealousy thing, or you're or you're making up this great scenario for the Pistons, where they get to add another great talent to the young core. They mm-hmm. do all the right things, get to the second pick. Mm-hmm. What is that? And what are you doing right now? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Troy Weaver is is going to put together a really good team. That's oh my think. gosh, you're anti Presty now. This Aren't is, you? You wish they is. had kept <laughs> Troy and sent Sam to Detroit. Sent him packing. Go, go to Detroit. Wow. Sam. No, I I, I think Troy's done a really good job. I think well, he's absolutely done a, a great job with this team so far. He has. However, one of the more interesting things, I was reading a blog post on DetroitBadBoys.com, and they yeah. were talking about how generally people like what he's done and yet at the same Mm -hmm. time you can't say that he's won every trade that has not been his mo he like has made multiple trades that were bad for the pistons whether it's like waving and stretching a guy or like Mm -hmm. the deal they just did for deandre jordan which was weird yeah he's a weird one he's done a bunch of weird trades that don't really seem like they're good for the pistons but i think what we're learning is that Maybe all of these small deals, winning all every single one of these small deals doesn't really matter. It's as long as yeah. you've got your guys, as long as you have your vision going forward. Of course, we're talking about a team that won 20 games last year, so they have they have to do it at some point. But mm-hmm. it, it is interesting because usually when we talk about GMs we really like, it's it's talking about guys like Presti or like Danny Ainge, who it feels like they're always mm-hmm. winning every single trade, no matter how small. They're always extracting the last drops of value that they possibly can out of every single mm-hmm. asset. And that has not really been what Troy Weaver has done in his time in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. I just also feel like if Detroit wants to ultimately compete for NBA titles, they're going to need a, a running mate with Cade Cunningham. Like I think Sadiq Bey is good. I think that Jeremy Grant is good. I think Isaiah Stewart is good. I like Hami. I think Hami's an NBA rotation player. But like, who else is doing it for you? You know what I mean? Davidas, Servitas. <laughs> right. I just don't think you can look at this roster and be like, okay, they're ready to go now. You know? Like oh, ready to for be sure. No, yeah. Now. So that's why, I mean, that's that's kind of where I am. And... You know, I don't. I mean, is Cade going to come in and impact winning initially? Like, I think it's possible, but there's just so few rookies that actually do that. You know, it's true. But if you're thinking about even like the last five years, 
wouldn't you have him probably in the top five of guys who have the potential to do that? You That's think about like, the top picks point. from the last couple of years. Like, who are you really like strongly believing in? Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see. I don't know. I think that there's still a lot of development to be done with Cade, um, especially with the finishing around the rim stuff. Probably Luca. Luca was, was the last one where we felt like, oh, he's going to come in and immediately make this team like functional. Yeah, he did. And perhaps Cade can do that too. We'll see. We'll see. All right. That's all we have for today. Thanks so much for joining our pod. If you're listening live, thanks for being here. Uh, be sure to listen to us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Just search down to dunk, hit subscribe. You can even hit the little bell to get a notification when we go live. That way you can join us. Uh, all the people that are here in the chat, Alex Bullerjack, Miguel Devella, Tyler Gibbs, Chad Scott, Nathan Creamer, Hoopstock69, Cody McChicken from an Amazon van somewhere in OKC. Jess African Kiwi is here. Thanks so much for joining. WRose27 is here. Poppin is here. Uh, Daniel Tomasi says, Wasan Boys. Tyler Carroll is here. Wes Gragg is here. Dylan Walker, the Fluky in Germany, is here. Jack Cole. Uh, Seon Coase is here. Uh, living in Perth, Australia. Very cool. Uh, Fitness 2018 is here. Michael McAfee says it's a great day to be alive. Uh, Travis Vogel is here. Frank Thurman. Jesse Smith. What's up, dude? Hoopsock69 wants <laughs> to know. Is Andrew okay? Yeah. I'm okay. All right, you guys have a great day. We will talk to you guys again on Friday.